The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 22nd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Banditos Fresh Made Daily Kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. From piecing together a running game through injuries and suspension to making a change at the quarterback position three games in to shaking up the offensive line at midseason, this year Brian Kelly has been willing to do whatever it takes. And it has all been working for the Irish en route to 8-0. Michigan, Ball State, Vanderbilt, Wake, Stanford, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Navy. And next up, Northwestern. Located just about 100 miles down the road, Notre Dame shares a rich football history with this week's opponent. In the 1920s, Newt Rockney, known for doing whatever it takes to promote his Irish, saw an opportunity to extend Notre Dame's fan base into the huge Chicago media market. So the Irish started a regular series with Northwestern. Right away, the series boasted some big games. Rockney won a key game at Northwestern late in his last season en route to the national title in 1930. Rockney tragically died in a plane crash just a few months later. In 1936, the Irish ruined Northwestern's bid for a national title with a 26-6 upset against the then number one ranked Wildcats. The Irish were mostly dominant in the series the next 20 years, but in 1956, a coach by the name of Ara Parsegian took over the Northwestern program and beat the Irish four straight years. After four years of losses, fathers Joyce and Hesburgh over at Notre Dame we're willing to do just about anything and whatever it takes to turn the Irish football fortunes around. And they decided that if you can't beat him, hire him. And Parsegian moved down the road to South Bend in 1964. The strategy for Notre Dame worked. From 1965 on, the Irish won 14 straight against Northwestern. And just when it looked like Notre Dame ever losing to the Wildcats had become unthinkable, on opening day 1995 in Notre Dame Stadium, the Wildcats turned the Irish, who are 28-point favorites, into 15-17 losers. The Chicago Sun-Times billed the win the upset of the century. A Wildcat linebacker by the name of Pat Fitzgerald was the defensive star that day. Fitzgerald was all over the field in the game and finished with 11 tackles of the Irish. Young linebacker that day seemed more than willing to do whatever it takes, to end the Irish dominance in the series. Well, in 2006, Pat Fitzgerald took over in Evanston and became the youngest head coach in the country at age 31. And in the next matchup between the Irish and the Wildcats in 2014, the trend continued as Fitzgerald's 3-6 and six Wildcats took advantage of four turnovers and notched their second straight series upset by beating the 11th ranked Irish in overtime, 43 to 40. Overall, Notre Dame leads the historic series with 37 wins against nine losses and two ties. But Northwestern and Fitzgerald is on a two game series streak. And in 2018, both teams are on a roll. Of course, there's the Irish at 8-0 with a lofty number four ranking, but Northwestern is the winner of four straight, including an upset over Wisconsin last week. Pat Fitzgerald has shown a knack for doing whatever it takes to defeat Notre Dame. But the 2018 Irish have been willing and able to do the same as they aim for their goal of CFP glory. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Cause I love the adrenaline in 
Bandito's with four Fort Wayne locations, Boyt, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Bandito's is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, Star Bank, and Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Star Bank is an Indiana-based community bank known for delivering quality service for the past 75 years. Whether you want to visit one of our convenient locations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday or bank electronically, Star is a full-service financial institution where you can bank wherever you are. Stop by a branch or visit starfinancial.com to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Howe. Well, Tim Priester, the Irish moved to 8-0, and they come in at number four in the first CFP ranking behind a one-loss LSU team. How'd you feel about that? You know, I, I expected them to be third, but I'm old school, and I, you know, I, I count losses and wins, uh, which is bypassed many times today. But I, but I get it. LSU has a tremendous resume, and has defeated, you know, Auburn and Georgia and Mississippi State and Miami to start the season. 
you know, with a with a tough loss against Florida. So I get it. I think they've earned it. I don't think in the big picture of things as it relates to Notre Dame making the playoffs that it doesn't matter. I think still think Notre Dame uh, controls its own destiny. Now, where it could matter is who you match up, of course, in, in in the first round. But I do think it'll take care of itself. I do not expect LSU to defeat Alabama this weekend, and so that would push Notre Dame up to the third spot. And if it comes a week later than we expected, so be it. Yeah, it should push them up, so I think that will take care of itself. The Irish control their own destiny, and that's the key thing. Uh, so... On to the Navy game. Tim, at halftime, Notre Dame Nation, boy, were they feeling good. And I, and I watched the social media, uh, particularly with the defensive effort and uh, getting four touchdowns is pretty good, too. Uh, you hated to miss an extra point, fumble on the first play by Boykin. That's not good. But overall, at halftime, we were just feeling good. But if I've learned one thing in my lifetime, it's that Navy never quits, right? Okay, did you have any anxious moments in the second half last week when Navy was just coming back like gangbusters? I don't know about anxious moments because I don't think they have the type of offense to overcome a 27-point deficit. But did you, you know, would it have been better if Notre Dame hadn't struggled like that and given up three touchdowns to Navy, which, by the way, had scored 19 points in the three previous second halves combined, uh, you know, prior to the Notre Dame game. But, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it, I think there were some individuals that let down. I, you knew that Navy would make some adjustments and block that backside safety that was coming up and crushing them, mainly Elohi Gilman, but also Jalen Elliott. Uh, it, it, it was a bit unfortunate, but they, they steadied the ship and, and in the end they responded the, the way they needed to. And, you know, I mean, this was a, this is a better offensive performance than each of the last two times Nordane had played Navy. So much better. You know, it's it's the Ian Book factor, of course, and it, it's a Nordane defense that's still very good. And and when the game was on the line, or, or when the when the outcome was still in doubt in the first half, Nordane won that twenty-seven to nothing. So I think they did what they needed to do. It wasn't perfect. But uh, the first half was perfect, and, and uh, that was a good place to start. Yeah, it was about perfect. And in the second half, I liked the way, after giving up the three touchdowns, that at, right at the end, the defense did slam the door on Navy. Tim, 254 yards rushing was part of that great offensive performance last week. Brian Kelly talked post-game about his desire to become the kind of team that could impose its will through the running game. I think that's developing a little bit. And part of that is that there was a shakeup on the offensive line starting last week as the Irish are still searching for the right formula to replace Alex Bars. How did that shakeup go? I thought it worked very well. I thought Aaron Banks played really, really good football. Um, you know, it wasn't a great test per se against the Navy front, but you know, there's some veteran players up front there, and I thought he was the most physical and moved people more than any of the five offensive linemen that started the game. So, you know, and, and, and Trevor Ruland is very active. He's all arms and legs and quick and active, and he's difficult to deal with. I wish we could have seen Alex Bars and uh, Aaron Banks as the guards, but that, that just wasn't in the cards, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, I think they have a chance. I think this is a group that you move forward with, and they have a chance to be pretty good. The test is going to be much greater you know, definitely the next two weeks, uh, Florida State's giving up 2.7 yards per carry, and, and Northwestern has a formidable defensive front. So 
We'll find out more about the Notre Dame offensive line, but I thought it was a positive step last Saturday. Yeah, I was impressed by Banks' play, and it gives me hope that uh, things could gel and actually improve for the Irish in that area in the month of November. Now, Tim, every so often on our show, and you'll remember this from the many years we've done it, I revert back to my days of academia, and I ask a compare and contrast question. Tim Priester, compare and contrast Dexter Williams and Jafar Armstrong. And for bonus points, tell us why they complement each other in that two-headed monster in the backfield. Well, they're they're both explosive athletes. Now, Dexter Williams is going to run the 40 faster than uh, Jafar Armstrong does, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I really, they are two explosive, talented, athletic running backs that give Notre Dame a chance to be, you know, really good at that position as they close out this season. Now, where they differ or how they complement is that Armstrong, and he proved it again against Navy, I mean, he's a former receiver. He's a better receiver. He had a 25-yarder, a beautiful um, racing catch toward the sideline, so to speak, and then um, you know, another one where he ad-libbed and pulled off the, the shell across and went the other direction and got Ian Book's attention and, and, and made a great catch. So, they re- you know, I mean, they're a compliment whether they're out there individually. They're a compliment to one another when they're on the field together. But they're both really good athletes. I, you know, Armstrong's a more physical runner. So, I mean, you know, when you add all those things up, uh, you know, they bring a lot to the equation, and they do complement each other in different ways. Yeah, it gives defenses a lot to worry about, and I really like the way Dexter's coming around as a blocker. That was always the uh, the downside, or at least the whispers about him, was that he wasn't good at that, and uh, we saw some good blocking out of him last week. Tim, Miles Boykin has now surpassed last year's leading receiver, Equimenius St. Brown, Chase Claypool, five catches last week. Uh, tight ends getting involved. Uh, Chris Fink, we know what he's been doing. But, Tim, I want to comment uh, on a guy who caught one good pass for 38 yards. It was a big play because he did it at full speed. Freshman Kevin Austin. Tim, he could be another weapon in that uh, arsenal. Yeah, I really, really love that play. It's about it, it's about as fast as you're going to gain 38 yards from a receiver. He caught the ball in stride, which is reminiscent in full speed and in stride, which is reminiscent of Kevin Stefferson. A lot of receivers, you know, feel the need to slow down as they're catching the football. Austin uh, attacked that. I don't know what he was doing at the end of that run where he kind of released the grip on the football, but everything leading up to that was really, really impressive. Now, I don't know that he's necessarily going to make a breakthrough before this season is over because – the top three receivers are the top three receivers, and they're going to remain on the field most of the time. But Kevin Austin has a very bright future in Notre Dame. I know the Notre Dame coaching staff um, loves his physical ability. They like his approach to the game. He's going to be a good one. Yeah, I would keep an eye on the 6'2 freshman out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, he's going to be a good one. Tim, now for the weekly Ian Book question. Uh, He's completing an incredible 76.5% of his passes, number one in the country. By the way, Jimmy Clausen owns the season record set in 2009 at 68%, so Book well on his way to a record season. I hope I didn't just jinx him. But if you're like me, and on the rare occasion when he misses a pass, your immediate reaction right now is, what in the world is wrong with him? How does he miss that pass? Tim, when did the light go on for this kid? He just seems to have such a firm grasp on the offense and what he's doing. It was something that was addressed with Brian Kelly this week, and he kind of pinpointed it to 
the end of spring when he made some decisions in the blue goal game. And normally we look at the blue goal game as just a glorified scrimmage. And we try to tell people that it's not that telling, not as telling as some of the scrimmages earlier in the spring. Well, this time it absolutely was for Ian Book. And, you know, I think every athlete goes through that where, you know, the, the proverbial light goes on. Sometimes it's not as distinctive as others. Sometimes it kind of blends into better performance. But in this case, it stood out to Brian Kelly, and I talked to Ian Book about it earlier this week, and, and he agreed. You know, I mean, it's just the message keeps getting pounded in. You keep the repetitions going, and there's one day, there's one moment where it, it really kicks in, really clicks in for a guy. And so the end of spring, and that's when the coaching staff started really thinking about, okay, maybe you know, Brandon Wimbush, if he doesn't show the improvement that, that they needed him to, they could go to Ian Book. Because Book was a mistake-prone guy. He had, four, he had four interceptions in 75 passes last year, like once every 18 and a half. Well, that's now once every 42 passes. And, of course, 13 touchdown passes and four interceptions. So the light has most definitely gone on for Ian Book. Yeah, I mean, something about Book told me almost from the start, and this goes back for me to the spring of 2017, yeah, he was making some mistakes, but he just seemed like like a kid that uh, had the ability to correct those mistakes and, and to get him be- to get better, and he clearly has done that. And it's a great story, a great story in college football this year, the way he has improved. Uh, Tim, a little bit about the defense now, now when – uh, last week, when Brian Kelly was asked post game how how much carryover there was from Mike Elko's game plan from last year against the option as to what the Irish did this year, Brian Kelly had what I thought was kind of a surprise answer. He said zero. Was that a diss to his old defensive coordinator? I didn't take it that way. I was actually the one that asked that question. I, I didn't take it that way. I, I just think that. You know, you, you toy with different things in dealing with option football. And, you know, a, a couple years prior against Army, after Brian Van Gorder had been fired and Mike Elston had taken over running the defense with Greg Hudson, but it was really Elston who was making the decisions. I mean, that's a veteran football coach. And so when they, you know, with two weeks to prepare, when they sat down to devise a plan, Brian Kelly, Clark Lee, and Mike Elston, that was the that was the game that that Brian Kelly pointed to. I didn't take it as a diss, but I do take it as you know uh, Mike Elko is a really 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 good defensive coordinator, but not every coordinator has all the answers to every defensive problem. So they put their heads together. I thought they came up with a really good scheme in the first half. Navy made some adjustments. I thought Nordham could have handled those adjustments had everybody been on point defensively. I thought there was a bit of a letdown at that point, but I didn't take it as a diss. I just thought it was a, a coaching staff putting their heads together and coming up with a good plan for, for what is always a tricky Navy triple option. Well, Elko's plan worked last year, and uh, the plan that Elston put together in in 2016 worked pretty well, too, against Army. That was a 44-6 to win, so uh, you got to keep uh, the offenses guessing, especially those option offenses, so it was a great game plan, even though it, was, it wasn't quite on point in that third quarter, but the Irish did get it back together. But a great first half. I, I will, if I could add, yeah. Bill, I don't think the Navy's very good at the quarterback position. Yeah. And that's that's very, very key to the success 
of a triple option, and they're kind of scrambling to find the right guy there right now. No doubt. Now, Tim, let's talk about Drew Tranquil. He goes down early in the game last week, and about 25 million or so Notre Dame fans collectively held their breath. I know in my household that's what we were doing. First of all, what would an injury mean to him uh, if he's out for the season? And that's kind of the way it looked at first. And did you have to go to the media guide like I did when number 40 came into the game? (laughs) I did know who number 40 was, but my first thought was somebody other than Drew White is wearing the number 40 jersey. But it was indeed Drew White from uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, a redshirt freshman linebacker who missed all last year with a broken ankle. Uh, and really, when camp opened in August, and he's a big, he's undersized, and when camp opened in August this year, he wasn't full go. So, needless to say, not many people were were thinking about him in that situation. Jordan Jim Marquis, who plays the buck position, um, you know, you could always bring in uh, Jonathan Jones, uh, put him at the Mike linebacker, and slide Tavon Coney over to the buck because Coney played the buck last year. Um, so you had some options, or Bo Bauer is another option that, that you could put at Mike Flight, Coney over. But I thought Drew White did a really, really nice job. His responsibilities weren't real extensive. Uh, he, I thought he was aggressive. Anytime you're looking at a player making his first appearance, and I think Bo Bauer did this against Wake Forest, their feet are kind of stuck in the mud a little bit, but that wasn't the case with Drew White. So he did a good job. I don't know that it carries over to this week. Uh, you know, against Northwestern, different style of offense. But um, he did a good job, and give the kid a lot of credit. He'd been playing a little bit of special teams, but when you get put in that situation for the first time, there's a there's a degree of fright that hits a lot of players, no matter how good. And I, I, I thought he played very free and easy. Yeah, he absolutely did. And I can tell you what my reaction was when he first went in. I go, number 40, Priesters never told me about this guy. <laughs> Who the heck is he? <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Star Bank. This is the 320th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room. I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine, sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy Bushy. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. Listen to that crowd roar. Art. 
The Aspen Mortgage team has just hit the field and the crowd has gone crazy. Phil, why does this crowd love Aspen so much? Well, Art, with more than 20 years in the mortgage business, Aspen is a dynasty. And with all that experience, these crafty veterans can personalize a mortgage for each customer's financial situation. So you always get the best loan program and interest rate. And the Aspen Mortgage team plays with a lot of class. What do you mean? Well, friendly personal service you can trust. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Art, they'll go into overtime by working the weekends. And they aren't afraid to go on the road. They make house calls. Phil, I can see why the Aspen Mortgage team is so popular. Wait, what's the crowd chanting now? Art, it's the Aspen phone number. For all your mortgage needs, 486-LOAN is the number to remember. Or visit them on the web at aspenmortgageco.com. Aspen Mortgage, a proud supporter of Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by Star Bank. With over 40 Indiana locations, Star is your local full-service bank. First contested in 1889, the Notre Dame Northwestern Series trails only Michigan, which goes back to 1887, as the oldest in Irish football history. Star Bank is celebrating its 75th anniversary, and Star is here to serve you 7 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Visit a Star branch to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Selling or buying a house? In the real estate game, it's results that matter. And in Fort Wayne, Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley has built a reputation as a realtor you can trust to achieve the best results. And he'll do it with a friendly, personal touch. So put Dan's years of experience to work. Call Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley at 312-1479. Or visit him on the web at danschneiderhomes.com. That's Dan Schneider at 312-1479. Your call for real estate results. At Star Bank, we offer checking, savings, mortgage, small business, commercial banking, private banking, and wealth management, as well as insurance products to help Hoosiers reach their financial goals. Plus, with online banking and our mobile banking app, you can enjoy the convenience of banking wherever you are. Stop by a Star branch today to switch to Star. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the Irish play Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois this week. TV coverage on ESPN starts at 7.15 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanquish Runabouts, and J.C. Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And today we continue our great quarterbacks of the last 60 years series. But first, let's review the great quarterbacks we have covered so far this season. John Hewitt, Terry Hanratty, Joe Theismann, Tom Clements, Joe Montana, Steve Bureline, Tony Rice, Rick Meyer, and last week, Kevin McDougal. All great names, and this week, another really good one. Ron Paulus hit the national scene before he had even played a game for Notre Dame 
when sports writer Bino Cook predicted he would win the Heisman Trophy twice and go down as the greatest Notre Dame quarterback ever. Paulus came to Notre Dame out of Berwick, PA, and it wasn't just Bino that thought that he was going to be pretty good. Parade Player of the Year his senior year of high school, Paulus was in fact touted by many as one of the best high school quarterback prospects ever. His senior year at Berwick, he led his school to the number one national ranking. That season, his stats were incredible. 2,900 yards passing, 31 touchdown passes, and he rushed for 677 yards and another 20 touchdowns on the ground. So on to Notre Dame. Paulus had won the starting job going into his freshman season, 1993, but broke his collarbone just days before the first game. And we talked about that last week because it's when another great, Kevin McDougal, got his chance. Well, Paulus came back the next year, went on to start 46 games for the Irish, and he set 20 all-time Notre Dame passing records and served as a two-time team captain. Tim, somewhere in between the high expectations that were set for him and the reality of a very productive career, the public's opinion of Ron Paulus was unfortunately skewed. I would contend that he was an excellent quarterback and leader, but to some extent became a victim of those expectations. I would agree with you, Phil. I mean, I, I you know, he, I mean, he wasn't a great athlete. When you when you start putting expectations on a guy, you expect a quarterback to be a great athlete. He was not that. Having said that, he was way better than a lot of people gave him credit for. And I would argue that that was a period as as Lou Holtz was coming to the end of his tenure at Notre Dame, where the the recruiting tail off a little bit, and that's something that that he's admitted a little bit too. So I don't think surrounding staff. To Ron Paulus was as great as it had been for, you know, guys like Tony Rice. Certainly not for guys like Tony Rice and Rick Meyer and those kind, of, and even Kevin McDougal in '93. So I think a little bit of victim of it's a 22 man game. But you know, Paulus did some really great things, and he stuck around for a fifth year after he suffered another injury with a broken humerus and played uh, played in 1997. Notre Dame fans will never look kindly upon him because the expectations were so great. That was a pretty good college quarterback, all things considered. Yeah, in his Notre Dame career, 7,600 yards passing and 52 touchdown passes. Pretty good. And he's now back at the university and is in his fourth year as the director of player development. Ron Paulus, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Tim Northwestern is 5-3 and three. in the last month. They have notched consecutive victories over Michigan State, Nebraska, Rutgers, and last week, 20th-ranked Wisconsin, 31-17. Earlier, they narrowly lost to Michigan after giving up a fourth-quarter lead by a narrow margin, 20-17. The Wildcats are 12-1 in their last 13 Big Ten games. Offensively, they want to throw the ball, and senior quarterback Clayton Thorson is a 60% passer with 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. For an offense averaging 296 yards through the air, good for 18th best in the nation. Thorson has been sacked 18 times, but he can run. He's rushed for uh, 22 touchdowns in his college career, and boy, is this guy experienced. This weekend will be his 48th consecutive start. Senior Flynn Nagel is the go-to guy at wide receiver and is eighth nationally with 59 catches, good for 711 yards. Junior Ben Skoranek out of Fort Wayne Homestead is a deep threat and is a big one at six foot four. 
High school freshman Isaiah Bowser is now the go-to runner in this offense that is averaging just 78 yards per game. The 6'1", 216-pound Bowser was a workhorse against Wisconsin, carrying 34 times for 116 yards, his second straight over 100-yard game. Defensively, the Wildcats prefer a bend-but-don't-break style and have been pretty balanced against the pass and the run. Sophomore linebacker Blake Gallagher is the leading tackler. Defensive end Joe Gaziano leads the team in sacks, and sophomore linebacker Patty Fisher is disruptive. He has forced six fumbles in his career, and also look out for cornerback Montre Hartage. He broke up four passes last week. Tim, after starting their season 1-2, and two, the Wildcats seem to have turned a corner in the Michigan game, and they are now on something of a roll. Their formula has been play good defense and score just enough points. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Phil, it's very difficult for me to point to one thing. I know Bowser has gave their running game a little bit of a boost against Wisconsin, but overall they're averaging 2.6 yards per carry since they lost Jeremy Larkin, who had to end his career due to injury. Uh, you know, that's one thing. Start by stopping the run. You're, you're, you're going to force uh, force in the throw 50 sometimes, and that's not a good recipe when you're, when you're uh, imbalanced like that. I think Notre Dame can pass it to open up the running game if that front is a little bit stingy to them. They're in the middle of the pack, if not lower, in, in um, passing percentage against, and that plays right into Ian Book's strength. Um, you know, they haven't had a good – they were had a good pass rush last year. They are like 109th in sacks and 109th in tackles for lost yardage. I can't point to one thing. There are a lot of areas on both sides of the ball – that Nordane can take advantage of against Northwestern. Okay, that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, this is kind of an easy pick, and it's Asmar Bilal. We don't know exactly how Nordane intends to use him. And even if Tranquil plays, he's all, he's undoubtedly not going to be 100%, won't be able to go the whole way. So they may just take Asmar Bilal and put him at the buck linebacker position. He cross-trained there. Earlier in his career, he's certainly the most experienced and most adept at playing it right now. I would team him up with Tavon Coney. You're probably going to be in nickel coverage anyway a lot because Thorson's going to throw it so much. So my guy's Asmar Bilal. I think he's done a, a better job than any of us anticipated at the rover position. I think he can make a pretty smooth transition over to the buck. Okay, keep an eye on Asmar Bilal. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy, now with 17 northern Indiana locations. Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise heading into Game 9? Well, now let's start with Tranquil, of course. I, I, I would say questionable going into this game. If anybody can be ready, it's him. But that doesn't mean that he's impervious to injury from you know one, one Saturday to the next Saturday. I think it's going to be very difficult for him to be really effective in this game. LZ Mack was in concussion protocol during this week. I wouldn't anticipate him playing. Justin Yoon should be back in action. He could have kicked last week, but it was a good game for them to um, see if they could get through without him, and they were able to do that. Bo Bauer went down on a, after a kickoff after taking a shot to the chest, but he should be back in action as well. Okay, some injuries nagging, but mostly guys who can still play and contribute and hopefully will continue to heal up. And that is your Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. 
And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas has the Irish favored by 9.5 points over the Wildcats. What does America's foremost authority say? Yeah, that point spread has gone up. It was more like 7.5 to open, and it's 9.5, and I think that's reflective of the disparities of the two teams. I expect Northwestern to play well. I expect Pat Fitzgerald to have them ready to go. Their name's going on the road in November, and they still always still have a lot to prove, um, you know, in the last month of, of the season on the road. But I do think that Notre Dame is very, very focused, having gone through an experience last year where they kind of lost focus a little bit with a chance to make the playoffs. I think they're better prepared. Uh, I think Northwestern plays well and keeps it close. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame 30, Northwestern 17. Notre Dame 30, Northwestern 17. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish illustrator prediction. Tim, when we hear my prediction, it's almost kind of scary how we kind of think alike. And and I expect the Irish offense to show continued improvement with the offensive line settling in and the defense to make it a long day for Clayton Thorson. Notre Dame 31, Northwestern 16. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovlin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.